Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. For copyright and disclaimers, as well as information about how to contact the iCritical Care staff, please listen to the notice at the end of this podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. Today we have an opportunity to speak with Christine A.K. Lombardozzi, MD, FCCM, to discuss her article published in the August edition of Critical Connections, the title of which is Understanding the Evolution of Our National Healthcare Quality Improvement Process. Dr. Lombardozzi is a surgical intensivist serving as director of the Surgical and Medical Intensive Care Units at Spartanburg Regional Medical Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina. She is also a member of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's Advocacy Committee and has participated in quality and safety programs on many levels at her community-based teaching hospital. I was very excited about the opportunity to speak with her because this article really took some of the very important concepts and brought a historical perspective to it and really tried to make some sense for the average practicing intensivist or member of the multidisciplinary critical care team about how we got to where we are today in our quality improvement processes from the regional and national level. So again, I thank you very much, Dr. Lombardozzi, for being here. I appreciate the the opportunity. I wanted to just take a couple of minutes and help share with the listeners my perspective on your the major organization of the article and then let you take it from there. Again, Dr. Lombardozzi organized things into three historical periods in the quality improvement patient safety process uh, in this country with a foundation period discussing the Flexner report that uh, most of us are aware of, the uh, Codman Report, a study in hospital efficiency and minimum standards, the 1952 formation of the Joint Commission, the Donna Badian article uh, focusing in on structure, process, and outcome from 1966, and the Agenda for Change uh, promulgated by the Joint Commission in 1988. She then described a divergence period resulting from non-physician stakeholders entering into the process of defining, measuring, and reporting on healthcare quality. Um, such as the Institute of Medicine in 1970, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation in 1972, the 1990 Institute of Medicine recommendations describing definitions of quality and quality assurance, and some measuring uh, methods for measuring quality, and the need for research and professional experts in this area, the formation of the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the 1991 Institute for Healthcare Improvement recommendations, six in specific, safety, effectiveness, patient-centeredness, timeliness, efficiency, and quality. She then described a final convergence period where these organizations really started to coalesce and work in a synergistic fashion to present a unified face for patient safety in this country. And I found that actually to be some of the more confusing areas because these organizations are somewhat new and it's unclear uh, which one is really the most uh, senior or important organization. And some of the names include the Hospital Quality Alliance, the Ambulatory Care Quality Alliance, the Quality Alliance Steering Committee, the National Priorities Partnership, and Measure Application Partnership. And with that as the 10-second summary of your incredibly important article, I thought I'd let you begin by telling us a little bit about the background of the article and what led to the creation of this article in the first place. I am a member of the Advocacy Committee, and uh, this has been a, a focus of this committee for years. 
um, is to help relate this very complex evolution and process information back to um, the members of SCCM. And I'm a faculty member at a community-based surgical training program, and, and I think I really represent an average practitioner with no special connections, no special knowledge. And I can recall sitting in a meeting and thinking, I, am I the only one who has no idea what all these letters stand for and who all these people are and what are they doing? And the short answer to that was, no, I am not the only one. And so during our committee discussions, we decided to add this article to a series of publications that the Advocacy Committee has put forth, um, including a pay-for-performance white paper that they produced in 2009, and also another article in Critical Connections, which was published in 2010, uh, titled Mapping the Quality Improvement Landscape. So we realize that this process is, is taking off exponentially, and so we think it's important to continue to educate our membership on who is involved in defining and measuring our healthcare quality. And so I took this article or undertook the writing of this article to try to define the, quote, alphabet soup. What I can narrow it down to is if I had to direct focus on this convergence period and, and what I would want people to remember, um, I would have you focus on the Institute of Medicine. The Institute of Medicine was started in 1970 as a branch of the Academy of Science. It's physician-led, and it is unique in that it has been looked to by our government as an external consensus-building organization, and, and is held in high esteem, and as we have uh, evidenced by their multiple reports and how they've changed our uh, delivery of health care, uh, they continue to be looked at in that manner. Second of all, I would have you focus on the Quality Alliance Steering Committee, and I'm going to back up a step and tell you who that encompasses. The Hospital Quality Alliance was the first organization formed in 2002, which put together hospitals, consumers, physicians, nurses, employers, purchasers, and the government uh, to try to develop, promote, and report performance measures of hospital care. In 2006, the HQA joined uh, the Ambulatory Care Quality Alliance to form the Quality Alliance Steering Committee. It is a very inclusive membership, inclusive of the Joint Commission, uh, CMS, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the National Quality Forum, as well as many other professional organizations. And their mission is to better coordinate the promotion of healthcare quality measures and allow for consistent and effective implementation. They're an organization that I think centralizes uh, focus and is a coordinating entity. And finally, I would highlight the National Quality Forum. Uh, the National Quality Forum was created in 1999 um, at the recommendation of our government. It is a private sector entity that brings together stakeholders, and their main focus of work is standardizing performance measures and promotion of public reporting. Um, there operates under a 27-member board of directors, has both government the National Institute of Health, as well as more than 500 participating organizations. So it really is the consensus organization. It has been awarded contracts by our government to define best practice standards and measure, measurement endorsements. Uh, just as an example, there are 257 hospital-related measures that have been endorsed by the National Quality For Forum. 
So let me ask you a couple questions, because this is uh, exactly where I wanted to get to when I was reading your article, except now I can ask you, <laughs> is, um, so for example, as you know, working in hospitals, obviously the Joint Commission seems to be very, very, very important and sort of more important than everything else. They're the ones that are actually physically coming into, my, coming into anybody's hospital and, and assessing them. W what is the relationship between something like the Joint Commission and the various other organizations that you just mentioned, such as the Quality Alliance Steering Committee and the National Quality Forum? How does that all work, or what's, what's the concept there? The Joint Commission is a freestanding organization, but it works in concert with all of these other organizations uh, using measures that are common to all of them. I think Joint Commission is looking to, to evaluate how we have made operational these measures and care guidelines uh, that have been put forth by the, the, these other organizations. How does something like the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, where do they, are they part of these other organizations or, or how do they relate? Uh, AHRQ is actually a governmental agency uh, that was formed uh, in the early 90s to uh, help impact healthcare quality. It is one of 12 agencies inside the, the Department of Health and Human Services. It has got both physician and non-physician members. And they help to establish priorities for the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, I look at them as being uh, a little more of a uh, broad oversight, um, big picture part under the Department of Health and Human Services. And again, just one more time so that I understand it. You mentioned the importance. I, I, I think I understand the Institute of Medicine sort of as off to the side, helping to generate uh, consensus. But what would be, I guess, either the difference, what would be some of the major differences between the National Quality Forum and the Quality Alliance Steering Committee? What, what is their relationship to each other uh, and to the Joint Commission? The National Quality Forum uh, incorporates the Quality Alliance Steering Committee, CMS, AHRQ, and really focuses on consensus for measurements and reporting, and that is how they report back to the Department of Health and Human Services. The Institute of Medicine is um, an external entity which looks at more broad-based processes. They make recommendations. They don't necessarily uh, come down to specific measure endorsements, and they bring their information into the government on a different avenue. Right. And so then, again, to sort of repeat it back, it sounds like then the National Quality Forum, is that sort of the top of the pyramid of these organizations that subsumes all these others, or not necessarily? I look at them as being the uh, funnel. Okay. Um, when, it, when we're not necessarily looking at um, practices, we can talk about the um, delivery systems and care models, but they are right. looking more at measures, guidelines, and implementation and their recommendations get elevated up to the Department of Health and Human Services and, di and disseminated from there. And then the last thing I was going to ask you, and I have a couple other follow-up questions also, but so uh, I remember personally a few years ago in 05, 06, the Institute of Healthcare Improvement was recommending lots and lots of important uh, recommendations that seem to then be translated into patient safety guidelines by the Joint Commission. And again, if you were going to share with the listeners, where does the IHI fit in with all of the aforementioned uh, organizations that you were just discussing? Um, the IHI is also a, a, a freestanding organization uh, with their main mission is uh, focusing on safety, effectiveness, timeliness, efficiency, 
It has both physician and non-physician leaders, and they look at a more broad-based idea of healthcare models, adaptation of best practices, not necessarily defining them, but how do we adapt them, and how do we promote innovation. Their board of directors includes Joint Commission. They are a part of the National Quality Forum, and so their specialty of uh, healthcare models and practice adaptation and innovation comes in through the National Quality Forum. One of the other points I was going to ask you about, and we can do it now, is at the uh, end of your convergence section, you mentioned a couple organizations that I never actually heard about, but I thought it was important to share with the listeners, the National Priorities Partnership and the Measure Application Partnership, if you'd like to spend a few moments to uh, try and clarify those. Yes. The... um Both the uh, National Priorities Partnership and the Measures Application Partnership are convened by the National Quality Forum, uh, the first of which was uh, the National Priorities Partnership in 2008, which was put in place to counsel the Department of Health and Human Services on setting national goals and priorities for national health care quality. It has in that uh, partnership a broad-based collaboration, including all of the entities that we have discussed, They have six priorities, and the work in these six areas is ongoing. And subsequent to that, in in addition to that, um, with the passing of the 2010 Affordable Care Act, one of the requisites or one of the requirements of that act was uh, the creation of a multi-stakeholder group with a purpose to identify best available health care performance measures provide input on how to use those measures for public reporting, value-based purchasing, and other related programs. This is also a very broad-based partnership. It is, uh, has an advisory committee and then five subcommittees. I think as an intensivist, I focus on the work that's being done by the safety committee and the hospital work group, and that's where I see the translation of uh, parts of the uh, Affordable Care Act coming through to impact me as an intensivist. And are are both of those under the National Quality Forum umbrella? Is that correct? That is correct. And I thought we'd segue, and we got plenty of time, that um, obviously these patient safety entities are not just focused on critical care, but maybe if you could take the next step to focus in on uh, which ones are most important for critical care, how they've led to some changes in our important field, and uh, specifically focusing in on the Society of Critical Care Medicine and the interface with some of these uh, organizations. I'd be happy to. Um, Looking at first the uh, Affordable Care Act, that was overwhelming. It's over 900 pages of legal English that I don't know that I can understand. But if we want to break it down, it has, if I counted correctly, seven areas, broad sections. And I think as an intensivist and a hospital-based provider, I focus in on part three, where they talk about the development of quality, efficacy, and outcome measures. How is that data going to be collected? Are they going to use Medicare data for that? How are we going to establish a procedure for public reporting? In that section, they address payment adjustments for healthcare-acquired conditions. Uh, They uh, look at the development or encouragement of the development and innovation of new patient care models, which include care bundling, which was uh, something that will affect us uh, as uh, intensivists. And finally, uh, they focus a bit on healthcare quality as defined by prevention of hospital readmissions. And so taking that part of the Affordable Care Act and how that implements me uh, as an intensivist, I can see 
that the work being done by the National Quality Forum, um, by the National Priorities Partnership, and the Measures Application Partnership are, are directly in response to those specific highlighted portions of Section 3. So what the Society of Critical Care Medicine has done, the Advocacy Committee and some other entities in order to help us participate in this process and in these areas, first and foremost, Society of Critical Care Medicine maintains external liaisons to these organizations. And I would highlight that uh, Dr. Levy is uh, a representative of Society of Critical Care Medicine as an individual subject matter expert in the Measures Application Partnership. Dr. Douglas, Ivor Douglas, uh, is a representative of Society of Critical Care Medicine on the Hospital Quality Alliance, which is then in turn represented by the Quality Alliance Steering Committee. Uh, Dr. Herr is a uh, liaison to the AMA's Physician Consortium for Performance Improvement, and Dr. Uh, William Brock uh, is a member of a federal advisory committee to the Department of Health and Human Services. It's important for us to know that our concerns and interests are being relayed through these liaisons. In addition, the Advocacy Committee, along with the leadership of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, have developed a rapid response process that allows us to participate in the process of measure improvement uh, during the public comment period, which is intrinsic to all of the processes inside the National Quality Forum, we can see what they put forth. We have a process in place that allows us to develop our opinion and turn out sign-on letters or not sign-on letters uh, that represent our opinions uh, with fact-based and evidence-based discussion on where we stand on the endorsements or performance measures uh, that are being put forth inside the National Quality Forum and elsewhere. In addition, we disseminate this information through multiple avenues, smart briefs, articles like this in the Society of uh, Critical Care Medicine Publication uh, Critical Connections, as well as the website uh, inside the, the Society's website that the Advocacy Committee updates really uh, regularly. You've mentioned how some of our uh, SCCM leaders are involved at the national level, but um, you and I were talking before about some exciting other ways that members of SCCM can get involved to help shape the patient safety process and advocacy. Maybe if you'd like to take a few moments uh, to talk about that. I think as an individual, um, I would want to know how I can impact this process. How can I participate? And I think I'd lay out four basic areas. First and foremost, we have to be knowledgeable and involved in our own hospital's performance improvement processes to understand what we're measuring, how we're doing, um, so that we can then take that information and go to a more broad-based uh, involvement with the Society of Critical Care Medicine, the creative community, including the Advocacy Committee. In addition, the National Quality Forum uh, and what makes this uh, unique is that both the Measures Application Partnership and the uh, National Priorities Partnership have public comment periods and allow, it's a very transparent process, you can get transcripts of all their meetings, and it allows us to have a, a window into what's happening that's going to affect us and gives us, as an individual or as an organization, a period to comment upon that. They also have webcasts that you can listen to that uh, cover the same information. Lastly, I would highlight inside CMS is housed a new innovation center. 
which looks at innovation of care delivery models. Um, and this is where the, the model of care bundling is going to be tested. And this is a, also a very public forum. Anyone can submit ideas. They're very transparent in their model development, their testing, and their promotion of, of, of what they found. Can you maybe expand upon that a little bit? I hadn't actually heard about the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. What, what is its focus, and, and uh, what are some of the things it's working on? Um, it's a center housed inside CMS that was um, created in response to the uh, Affordable Care Act, and it was set forth to test innovative payment and delivery service models that reduce program expenditures and, but preserve quality of care, and it does focus on Medicare, Medicaid, and CHIP recipients. Um, they have an open solicitation process, much like the Measures Application Partnership. It then selects what has been submitted, what they think are the most promising models. They test them, evaluate them, and then will promote the most successful models. This is a brand-new center. Uh, their first call out now is for care models regarding bundled care. So bundled care, in case people don't understand what that encompasses, is really an encouragement for providers to work together to better coordinate care for patients both in and outside the hospital related to a single episode of care. What they're asking is they're going to test four models, and uh, there's websites very accessible. You can get all this information, and uh, I'm going to be really interested to see what models are submitted and uh, how that testing is going to go forth. Well, what I wanted to let you do for the last few minutes, and, and please take take the time you need, is, is you know, this article was very impressive to me that clearly quality improvement, patient safety is, is our potentially our number one issue, and you've tried to uh, just dive headlong and to make some sense of all this. If you wanted to share two or three sort of crystalline points that you didn't understand before you went through all the hard work of making this article, what would be things you'd want to share with the, with the members of the multidisciplinary critical care team about the most important organizations, or this is the single most important organization to follow most closely, or potentially how these new organizations are generated? Uh, First and foremost, what I want people to take away from this is that this information is digestible. It is not as overwhelming as it seems, and we really have a professional obligation to participate in this process. The evolution of how healthcare quality has been defined and applied started with a provider-based, provider-driven model, and we've moved away from that during that period of divergence. Now, as we've converged together to try to coalesce our efforts, we're only one seat at the table. We need to make sure that we are using that to the best of our ability. I would like you to take away those, those three organizations, the Institute of Medicine, the Quality Alliance Steering Committee, because it really encompasses both outpatient, inpatient, it is a consensus organization, as well as the National Quality Forum. Those, if you focus your attention on those areas, I think you will have easy, understandable access to the most uh, active issues in uh, healthcare quality and safety. I want to focus people's attention on being locally uh, informed and locally involved and take that local information and bring it back to the Society of Critical Care Medicine. Invest yourself in the creative community and the advocacy committee. Use the information that the society uh, provides for you on their web page, information that's brought back through our liaisons, look at the sign-on letters. At the end of all of this, 
in the center of all of these organizations and government and processes and measurements, the center of all of this is our patient. And it's the patient for whom we wanted to give safe, effective, timely, affordable care to. And we need to take an active role, put our seat at the table with all these other stakeholders to help create a healthcare system that's sustainable, viable for our future and that of our children. We've been speaking today with Christine A.K. Lombardozzi, MD, FCCM. She recently authored an article published in the August Critical Connections 2011, the title of which is Understanding the Evolution of Our National Healthcare Quality Improvement Process. Thank you again for taking some time to be with us. Thank you for the opportunity to participate. This concludes another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information, as well as access to over five years of archived podcasts. For the iCriticalCare podcast, I'm Dr. Richard Savell. Explore new frontiers in a city where great ideas take flight. Register for SCCM's 41st Critical Care Congress, which will take place February 4th to 8th, 2012, in Houston, Texas, USA. Houston provides the perfect setting to forge new connections and fuel innovation in the critical care community. The 41st Congress will focus on new and inventive solutions that dramatically improve the outcomes and lives of critically ill and injured patients worldwide. For more information or to register, visit www.sccm.org congress. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts. Richard Savell, MD, FCCM. Dr. Savell is the medical co-director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Montefiore Medical Center in New York City, practicing under the leadership of Vladimir Kavetin, MD, FCCM. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.